Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Holding Court podcast. We have such a good show for you today because I am going to pick the brain of my husband on what this baseball season is going to look like because baseball is back. And we're also going to talk about the MLB Network special on Ken Griffey Jr. Justin and I are just sitting here gearing up, excited to talk some baseball with everyone. It's an exciting week, everybody. <laughs> Baseball's back. Baseball's back. We got baseball back. We are getting Doug back. And we're the three best friends that anyone can have. Well, I, guess, I guess there's only two of us, but oh, so excited. So that fired was, up. Wow. I've been wondering where that guy has been the last couple months. Happy, and happy Justin? Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy. That's really sad. But I, I can't I can't fulfill you in the way that baseball does. You just have a half that's full. A, that's like a loaded. How, a I don't, half how do I, how full do I respond tank. to that? Oh, I'm fine with it. I know it. I'm fine with it. That's fine. I love you, babe. Wow. That's very sweet. <laughs> Let's jump into what we've been binge watching on Father's Day. MLB Network aired Junior, a uh, special on the kid. The kid. Ken Griffey Jr. Man, what a what a special. I, I if you haven't <laughs> seriously. I mean what a special special that was. You just it's it's awesome to sit down and watch these documentary documentaries sorry <laughs> we'll um, edit that out it's amazing to sit down and watch these documentaries on you know these guys that were superstars when we were kids growing up because you remember them as a kid in a certain light and they're just these like untouchable yeah, larger than life fathomable like people and then you know now i actually sat in a dugout in a spring training game with Ken Griffey Jr. When Is that he a was name on. dropper? No, but I mean, yeah, it is. I'll pick, <laughs> you can... I'll, hold on, I'll pick it up off the ground. I got it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to, uh, in, a, in a spring training game with the Reds, I, you know, got called up to the couple of major league games and Griffey was there and, um, you know, was in the dugout and holding court, no pun intended. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, talking some smack to the young, some of the younger guys. And we actually got to, this was in uh, 2007 when our team was, I was breaking camp in Dayton. And we actually got to fly on the major league team up to Dayton to play in an expedition. So we went on the team flight with Junior. It was cool. It was awesome. Steak and, steak and shrimp <laughs> on the plane. It Did was he tell you to call him Junior? No, he didn't even talk to me. <laughs> Do you think he knows who you are now? Um, I don't know. I hope so. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> if I see him, I'll, I'll go up and, and ask him if he remembers, uh, you know, playing cards in the clubhouse in Dayton before the exhibition game and it was raining and nobody wanted to play and they just wanted to keep playing their card game. It was pretty funny. <laughs> him and Adam Dunn sitting in there playing cards four minutes before the game started. That was the, I mean, all of these docu documentaries specials we've been watching it's so funny to see you point out guys in the background or on yeah. the field and 
we saw that Jerry Hairston Jr. cameo towards yeah. the end of this one. So you're like, oh, there's this guy. There's that guy. There's this guy. Like, then it's funny how many you can pick out of the scene. But yeah, this covered him from high school all the way to his Hall of Fame ceremony. So obviously I knew of him and how big of a name he was and a lot of the crossover stuff he did and commercials and movies and all that. But I don't know if it was just being in the Midwest, but obviously I was a little more focused on, you know, my White Sox or obviously hearing about the Cubs and, you know, Sammy Sosa at this time and all that. So I was a little more focused on my hero, Frank Thomas, but I obviously <laughs> knew, knew of him. So this was cool to dive a little deeper into his story and get to know the background and, and everything through his career. Yeah. I, it's, it was kind of a cool refresher because I think when you think of Ken Griffey Jr., obviously you think of the Seattle Mariners um, because that's where he started his career. That's where he ended his career. You knew that he played for the Reds in the middle, or at least I did. And I the just, White Sox. I just, yeah, and the White Sox. But I just didn't realize like how long he had played for the Reds. Like He was with the Reds for a long time. And that part, for whatever reason, just like, it like I don't know why I didn't remember that he was with the Reds for that long. I just thought he played with the Mariners forever and then had a small blip with the Reds and then went back to the Mariners and a small blip with the White Sox. But He played long enough for the Reds for there to be a Nick Lachey cameo, Cincinnati's <laughs> finest and a sports bar owner in Cincinnati, long enough for him to get on there. And he kind of, he didn't say anything too favorable about his time in Cincinnati. I was like, who left this in on the... And that was his only appearance, too. It was just like yes. one little drop. And you were like, really? Nick Lachey? <laughs> like, I will say, I walk by, when we're in Cincinnati, I walk by Lachey's. And I always think about how proud he is to be from Cincinnati. But yeah, he kind of came... I mean, I'm sure he taped more than that. But all they used was him saying, well, we didn't really get the great Griffey when he was here. Yeah. Like, she's um, Nick Lachey. He just... It's sad. It's sad because I feel like all those years on the turf in in the in Seattle kind of took its toll. And by the time he got to Cincinnati, um, you know, he had a hard time staying healthy. So I also think people hold you to this unbelievable standard once you're great that to be able to sustain that. I don't know. I feel like people always talk about guys and they're like, oh, well, you know, they're I don't know. They're starting to, you know go downhill and all this. I'm like, okay, this guy is still incredible. Yeah. It's just by what you get spoiled, I guess, with players. And then I don't know, dealing with injuries and, you know, things that are inevitable and are going to happen. People are, you know, just don't want to face that. I mean, this, the Cincinnati fans can't be mad. They got to see him hit like all of his big milestone homers. Like, yeah. What do you mean? Like they, he hit 600 in Cincinnati, right? And that's that's mm-hmm. when Jerry Harrison was at home plate and he went in the dugout and you see faces like Jay Bruce and Joey Votto and I'm like, oh my God, I, I like played with those guys. It's crazy to think that they were like in that dugout when that was going on. Like, well, it's that weird was to think w- he so weird. played up until what, 2010? Yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially know. since I was like a little kid in the backyard playing wiffle ball, doing my Ken Griffey Jr. little left-handed wiggle, even though I wasn't a left-handed hitter, like every kid probably did. Uh, you know, you're just like <laughs> pretending to be him, hitting the backyard, and you have your hat on backwards, and you have your little, like, Ken Griffey little waggle that he does at the plate, and then your patented one-hand finish and, you know, touch the bat on the ground. And then, you know, next thing you know, like, 
You're hitting 600 home runs. He's hitting 600 home runs, and I'm, like, in the same organization that he's in. Like, <laughs> seeing him in spring training, I'm like, what is happening? This you is do crazy. have the backwards hat on right now. Do you think that's a little inspo from, oh, for like, sure. he started that? For sure. He definitely started. It was, like, an unwritten rule in baseball. It was, like, a respect thing. Like, you put your hat on backwards. Wear your hat the right way. And, I mean, you still hear probably parents say it all the time. Like, turn your hat around. Put your hat on Even the right way. Even with, like, a Fernando Rodney. Everyone's like, oh, wear your hat straight. And, yeah. Yeah. But it was... I mean, it, he made it, he made it cool to wear your hat backwards on a baseball field. And he, I mean, he just, he looked so cool. Everything he did. Yeah. It was just so smooth, so effortless. And it was the, like, I mean, he was the best center fielder. He was one of the best runners in the game for how big he was. And he had the sweetest swing. He hit for average. He hit for power. He stole bases. He did movies. He did commercials. He was on a Wheaties box. I mean, he literally, and the smile, and the smile, the best. And even in the even in the in the documentary, you know, he looks like he hasn't aged a bit. Oh yeah, he, he looks, looks great, amazing. He could still get out there, I'm sure. Oh, I bet you he can launch some balls still, <laughs> like launch <laughs> some homers. Yeah, and obviously everyone knows the story of him playing with his dad, but I didn't know. I mean, the extent of it and seeing the clip, like that had to have been insane insane and to think about i don't know like that i mean back-to-back home runs with your like that doesn't that's why everyone's so romantic about baseball and i feel like it's those moments where you just can't write some of the things that happen and that was one of those moments where i was i don't know like jaw to the floor like that's it's unbelievable well you're thinking about like two things that are just like almost impossible in baseball right like his dad is 40 years old still playing baseball <laughs> how many guys like do that i like, hope you're still kicking it at 40 I, I i would love to but we don't have a child that's gonna <laughs> be playing <laughs> yeah you're right unless mooney starts raking or <laughs> i don't know i know it's true I've, it's like Airbud, right yeah so you have a, his dad is 40 years old and still playing in the major leagues and then his son is 19 and in the major leagues like you're on two ends of the spectrum that you just don't get to see very often and then they end up on the same team and then they hit back-to-back homers and it's the first time ever in MLB history that a father and a son have hit back-to-back homers and it's just it was crazy man like the whole thing You think thing dad would was, be hitting a little lower in the lineup? No, Griffey Or was this like junior, a, this wasn't a pinch hit situation like no, he was back-to-back the whole back time, in the, the whole time junior hit right behind senior. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. I think they just put him down there in like seven or well, senior could hit. Senior was I know. A, he was a I mean, I think I don't know what he in, finished at, but I think he was like a 297 career hitter and he played like 20 years. No, so I he know was a, he was amazing, but to think of him hitting back to back with your 19-year-old son that's, you know, in his I don't know, not I don't know. I guess prime he was in his prime the whole freaking time, but yeah, like yeah. I don't know, you wouldn't think he would be right there, but yeah. Not only did they hit back to back, but Junior played center and senior was playing left field. And they highlighted one clip where uh, Ken Griffey Jr. ran all the way from center field across into left field and his dad was camped under a fly ball and Junior jumped up and like caught it right in front of his face. 
And they said his dad went in and, and grounded him in the dugout and took, <laughs> it, took his car keys from him. So that, I thought that was a great story and, and pretty funny and something that I had never heard. I'd never heard that story before. So even hearing like when he was on deck and his dad was hitting and he's like, come on, dad, like, yeah, come on, dad, get a hit. <laughs> like, I feel like that happens in like beer league softball, but not I don't know. But I'm, even in beer league softball, is, like, is your son like hitting behind you? Like, no, he's probably like sitting in the stand like, hey. It was nuts. There was the thing that they said, or actually he said, when you play center field, everything that comes to you is fair. And I don't think I've ever thought about that. Yeah. Or, like you can't be like, oh, that might go foul. No. Like, it's all yours. And only, you have a lot of ground to cover. The only time it goes out of play is when it's a homer, when it's over your head. So, yeah, yeah I think that's that's one of – if you ask any outfielder what their favorite position of the three to play is, all of them will say center field because, one, the ball is always tailing away from you in center field. Like, it's never, like, hook – like, it's hard to, like, hook a ball into the opposite gap. You know what I mean? So yeah. like the ball's always going to be like fading away from you. So you always know what the ball's going to do. And like you said, everything's in play. So as soon as it's hit, you just start running and go get it and, and run it down. I think everyone prefers to play center field, every outfielder. They, it's, they say it's the easiest position of the three. That's a lot of fitness. It is a lot of running. And he did a lot of running. He had so many like signature catches that it was crazy. And I think, I mean, you really don't, even realize how much ground there is to cover Mm -hmm. like I love walking around the stadium no matter where we're sitting in any park and just seeing it from every angle and it is insane because I think you really forget on tv like it seems like it's easy and that's why I'm sure a lot of people (laughs) will tweet and be mad at outfielders if they don't get to something oh you could have got to it and even sometimes I'm like oh I feel like he had a shot at that and it just dropped right in front of him and then I'm like okay like obviously they would have if they had a you're always like if they had a chance to get it they would have got it I don't want to get us too far off topic here but you will get a sense of that if you sit in the new home run seats in Dodger Stadium because they were right on the field and you feel like you're sitting in the outfield and you'll really grasp yeah you know how big the outfield is when you're sitting there hopefully when fans show up, but we'll get into that later. In the yeah. Show. Let's, let's I do going. love doing that. I think like in Cincinnati, I'll go and sit out and just kind of watch a few mm-hmm. innings from there. It is such a cool perspective. Or if I get nervous in the playoffs and I can't sit in my seat, I always yeah. do a lap or two. <laughs> oh yeah. Is that what you do? <laughs> or do you go to the bar and find a drink? <laughs> I'll just grab a beer on the way. And then I'm uh-huh. like, yeah, sometimes you got to walk around. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is, I've got a little quiz for you. I'm sure you're going to ace it because Uh-oh. I'm sure you're going to ace it. I mean, Griffey oh. obviously was described as a five tool player. Oh yeah, definitely. So I want tool. our listeners, if they don't know the five tools, oh. to be able to impress maybe someone on a date, ladies, impress your partner and be like, oh, I'm ready to draft my fantasy f- baseball. I almost said fantasy football. I am <laughs> yeah. a commissioner of a fantasy football team. You've, two of them have you played fantasy baseball i don't think you have so uh, i did it this was probably 2008 or 9 and yeah i didn't i don't think i really understood it i think i did it it was like on a yahoo league where you just kind of join a random league with a bunch of people you don't know and i don't think i really got it i think i just knew i loved baseball and i tried to jump in i, I won't say what my username was that's for another episode but I honestly don't think I would be any good at fantasy baseball. I just, I think it would be a lot of work. 
Yeah, we have been in a bar where someone has said, oh, you won me so much money in my fantasy baseball league last year. Can I buy you a drink? That was cool. I got to keep doing that. I know that's happened a few times. So I don't really know all the scoring. I imagine it's like you get points for a lot of different things. I don't know what the heaviest scoring is, but five tool player. Give me the hit me with the five major physical tools of a five tool player. <laughs> the major physical tools. Well, aren't they all physical? Well, yeah, of course. The the mental tool is the six tool. Do they say that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Six tools. Get your whole little Al Borland tool belt. And hit me with <laughs> all six of them. Okay. Number one, arm strength. Is that the most important or you're just naming? No, them? I'm just naming. Okay. Them. Arm strength. Okay. Number two, defense. The glove work. Okay. Number three, speed. How fast you run on the bases and I guess if you're an outfielder, covering ground. Never slumps. Goes okay. into the defense. Uh, number four would be hitting for contact or hitting for average. Okay. And number five would be when, for the ladies, you know, chicks dig the long ball, the power. Guys dig the long ball too. Yeah, because chicks dig the long ball. Ding, ding, ding. Is that all five? Yes. How many yeah. do you have? How many do I, how many of those do I check off? <laughs> Probably zero. <laughs> what? I don't know. I, so I, when they're like, these are used when you're like a scout is looking at you in high school or college, or is this, you what have is this? to be, you have to be considered like well above. I mean, I'm not a scout and I don't know what I don't really Maybe know. Maybe we'll get a scout lingo. on here. To Maybe tell we'll us. get a scout, but I'm assuming you have to be well above av league average. So not like your average person. Like this is like your average major leaguer, and your arm is well above that average arm, or your speed. You're faster than the average major leaguer. Is that? Uh, am I explaining that right? Yes, I get it. So you have to be like well above average to be considered. Well, I think you have all the, the tools. Baby. I do have the tools. I just, <laughs> I don't know if they're well above average. So who is like, like a modern day five tool that people would think of? The, like the easiest two off the top of my head are like Trout and Bellinger, both five tool guys, outstanding defenders, both have good arms. Belly probably has a better arm than Trout, both hit for power, both hit for average. Those are fighting words. Yeah. So. They, yeah. I would, I would have thought of Mike Trout just yeah. like by default. Mookie Betts. I mean, th that was the big deal about our trade is now we have two five-tool players in our outfield. So um, Mookie, Mookie's definitely in the five-tool category for sure, even though he probably doesn't consider himself a, a power hitter, um, but he does hit for power. I like that. I feel like that's a good transition into our next topic. Oh, the fact that baseball's back? My baseball's, My baseball's back, back and we're gonna, gonna have a season. Hey, la, day, la. My baseball's back. Well, that was special. That song has actually been in my head um, since the announcement of the 2020 season. I have a tendency to make up song lyrics and now it can live in your head until the end of time. And when she says I have a tendency of making up song lyrics she just sings them all day long all around the house yep. everywhere we go yep. everything she sees uh -huh. everything she does everything she hears yep turns into a jingle because it is quartz 
lifelong dream to actually sing a jingle for a commercial or for a radio station or what else? You just want to sing a jingle. I just want, yeah, just a jingle. Like similar to... Um, cars for Kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids. Yeah. <laughs> we basically just live in a musical at all times in our house. So. We. Well, Court performs it. I just listen to it. <laughs> well, you're living it. So if you are a anxiety-ridden person like myself and a natural pessimist, you probably have some concern about the season and what it's going to look like. And so I wanted to kind of dive into those to maybe put everyone at ease or at least have more information on everything so you can guide your freakouts appropriately. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Shoot. Let's hear them. What are your concerns, babe? Oh, man. I think I'm just so excited about it, but I just... I, my hopes are up. I'm ready to go. I think until that first pitch is thrown, I'm just going to be a little on edge. Yeah. A little weary that mm -hmm. something could go wrong, but I'm going to try to keep the glass half full. Okay. That's new for you. Yeah. That's very <laughs> new. Going to keep, yeah. Maybe I'll actually keep my glass Here. half full with something that will help me feel are a little. Are you going with like tequila, wine? What are we going with? Oh here? man. I don't know. I'm just excited. A I'm excited. And half full pour of tequila. That's heavy. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about testing. Okay. For COVID. Yep. Obviously you guys are going to have to be tested quite regularly. And I imagine live in some form of a bubble. I feel a personal responsibility to... I mean, not that I've really done anything exciting, but to consider you and your team and the league. Like, it is up to me to help the league by not messing this up. That so, is true. Yeah. That is very true. Because it could be like a domino thing. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want it to be my fault. I don't want anyone else to do that. So... Okay. Well, What's let me, that look like? Let me take a stab at this because I don't have all the answers here because we're all still kind of just learning about this stuff. And, and this. you're not Dr. Fauci. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're just getting this health and safety stuff out and we're just kind of learning how it's going. And from what it looks like right now is we'll be getting tested. Well, every single player who comes into the spring training is going to have to get tested and then they're going to be sent home. Um, and they can't come back to the facility until they pass that test. And then once they pass that test, then they can come back and start participating in spring training or summer training, whatever you want to call it. Spring training 2.0. 2.0. Yeah, there'll be a lot of names for it, I'm sure. Yes. Um, then once we start doing that, I feel like, I don't feel like um, we are going to be tested every other day. And the every other day test, from my understanding, is going to be a saliva test. A whole lot of spit. A whole, we're not allowed to spit, but we're going to do a whole lot of saliva <laughs> testing. Save your spit Save for your, spit your COVID test. every other test. day for COVID. Exactly. So every <laughs> other day, it's a saliva test. Uh, those results take probably, I don't know, 24 hours to get back from what I understand. Um, at the same time, we'll have um, the, the, rap, the blood test, the prick on the finger to give you the antibodies. So if you're having any type of symptoms, um, they'll probably do the rapid test right there. And we also have supposedly a, a nasal. Ooh. Yeah. Stick that stick down your a nose. A little brain tapper. 
The brain tapper. That's a good name for it. <laughs> I'm going to call it that. I'm trying to avoid that one. I'm That one scares Ugh. me. That one scares me. That so, gives me the heebies. So we have all the tests and then we're going to be tested every other day. And like I said, if symptoms pop up or someone um, does get that positive test back, uh, you'll go right into the other forms of testing, um, I believe. And you should get results right away. And then there's, you know, a whole protocol after that. But here's my one concern about this saliva test is there is like a 1% false positive. And so I'm worried that these false positives are going to, you know, really have, have an effect, right? Like, well, you think of 1%, which doesn't seem like a lot. No, but you're and talking about, and then you about, talk about doing how many guys are in the league? 1500. Well, if there's a, th- did I make that up? If there's 30 guys on a roster, right? I think I made that number up. Well, 30, you, you figure 30 guys on, on each roster to start and then 30 teams. So you have 900 players and then you have to ha- include like staff, uh, trainers, coaches, um, strength coaches, uh, and then umpires as well. So you're probably going to have somewhere around, you know, 1700, 2000 people getting tested every other day. So that means 17 to 20 people every day are going to have a false positive, right? So, and then they have to sit out one or two days and figure out if they're actually positive or not. And then that's going to, I don't know what's going to happen after that. That's, that's kind of my only, only concern. Obviously my biggest concern would be someone actually testing positive and their health being, you know, taken care of and going home and getting whatever they need to, to recover from, from COVID. But, um, you know, the, the false positive one is, I mean, what happens if, um, you know, you have two starting pitchers who are supposed to pitch back to back games and then they get these false positive tests Mm -hmm. and they have to be shut down. And then now you have to have two other starting pitchers step in and pitch for them, uh, on that game and the next game. And then they have to, I, I don't know. I think it could be a mess. I, I, I hope it's not. I hope they have this stuff ironed out. And I know there's a lot more smarter people than me <laughs> who are figuring <laughs> this stuff out. And I know these questions have been raised already. So yeah. um, hopefully they'll have a lot of answers, a lot of tests, and you know that will all be cleaned up and we won't have to use like 68 players because of you know false COVID positives. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're always going to be concerned about that. And I think tests are evolving and all of that is going to improve. So you just have to keep the glass half full. It's going to be our theme. Glass half full. I think they're (laughs) going to have it all figured out in a month from now. I think you were talking to me earlier in the shortened season, obviously 60 games. You said you're going to find out who the gamers are because you have some guys that are obviously, you know, caught up in the numbers game salary wise, and they're going to be out there pretty much playing for nothing. Yeah. Not nothing money wise for nothing. Yeah. 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 No, I know what you're saying. And, playing and for and everything on the field, <laughs> but nothing in the bank. Not well, nothing. There are, there are some younger players that unfortunately the way this whole thing shook out are, um, you know, probably going to end up not getting a salary this season. And, I don't know how many of those players there are. Um, so there was a like an advance that came out, obviously, to make sure guys were able to 
you know, cover yes. expenses and rent and all of that. So that's what you mean. So after they, that yeah. was dispersed, then... After their advance um, with the season shortened to 60 games, uh, there are some guys that, you know, their advance probably outweighed uh, what a 60 games salary would look like. So there is a chance that some guys, there's not a chance, there are some guys that, um, you know, aren't going to be getting any paychecks during this 60 game season. So, um, you know, it's going to be, out there playing for the love of the game for for those guys and um, little Kevin you know, Costner reference little little Kevin Costner. We like to slip those in every now and then. You know what? I I think that everyone should be playing for the love of the game anyway. I mean, I truly love it, and I this whole time and through this whole you know process of trying to figure out the um, the bargaining issues of this, um, which was just one check. To, to ensure a season, we still have to check a lot of boxes on the on the virus to make sure we have a season. But, um, you know, I just want to get on the field and play no matter what. And uh, I'm just glad that there's there's actually a season to look forward to because there was a time there where I was a little worried. I thought that the commissioner might shut this thing down, and that made me very sad. I felt like I was on a roller coaster, and I had to tell myself. Actually, I came to the conclusion the day the season was announced that it was going to be implemented that I was just not going to care anymore, which I tell myself that. And it's like, if you have like a boyfriend, you're like, I'm just not going to like him anymore. And obviously you still care and you're invested. Do you have a boyfriend? (laughs) I do not. (laughs) Something I should know. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? And so I just was like, I can't be on this ride anymore. Like let me off. It was just, it would look so good. And then I feel like you take a step forward and five steps back. And it was just this dance that I didn't want to dance anymore. I just wanted to be off the dance floor. And now you're rhyming. It just was so sad for me. And I just know what baseball means to so many people. And it goes so beyond the salary thing. And I know I had so many people comment on the salary situation and people were trying to compare it and, I don't know. I It made me sad because there were a lot of people saying, oh, well, I'm a teacher and, you know, I make this. And obviously, you know, my mom is a teacher. I have a heart for teachers. Like that's a whole separate thing that people were comparing. And I think it was difficult for people to understand why, you know, the money thing was such a big issue. And, you know, everyone's going back and forth for a few more games and a few more dollars and this and that and this and that. And I think it was just – that was tough for me because, you know, you, I don't know. Help no, me out it's, here. Still t- it's still <laughs> tough. It's still tough right now because there's so many people that, that are out of work and so many people that yeah, are and it's you know, hurting and struggling yeah. in the pandemic and so many people have lost their lives. And um, there's so much stuff that's still going on that baseball seems trivial, but like, yeah, it is, you know, a big part of our lives and a big part of a lot of people's lives. And it is, you know, what we do and it is something that we love and have dedicated our whole life to. And so it does matter and it is important to us and we do care. And, you know, when it comes down to this bargaining stuff and going back and forth, there's, you know, some, it's not just us saying, Oh, forget it. We'll go play for nothing. Like there's bigger there's higher people above us who are working on that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, to, to figure it out. Um, because, you know, like I said, I'm a baseball player. I played baseball my whole life. Um, and I just want to do whatever I can to contribute to getting on the field and playing baseball. 
Um, but sometimes, you know, there are some sacrifices that have to be made and it definitely got ugly and in the media and so much stuff going back and forth on both sides that I think probably both sides really regret. I regret that it was so public and, and back and forth. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I don't know if it shook out the way everyone wanted it to shake out, but at least we're having something that looks like a season. And, you know, there's people that will debate whether or not 60 games is a season or not, but 60 games is better than no games in my book any day of the week. Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> I was having a hard time because it's so tricky. You know, everyone's struggling right now, you know, whether it's health-wise or money-wise, you know, people are having to you know, close down their company or, you know, people are being laid off or let go completely. And so I'm sure it is difficult for people to see this public war of, you know, the players association and owners going back and forth. And it was just hard because obviously, you know, we have a heart for that and, you know, we're doing what we can with our foundation to try to help people and lift them up. And so, yeah, I had to, I had to stop like, that in. <laughs> I had to stop looking at, you know, they, these statements, right. Either from Rob or Tony or whoever gets put out. And I had to stop like looking at them because then you start like scrolling down the comments and you just see so many people just like, Oh, whatever. I'm so over baseball. I hate baseball. Yeah. These maybe they were doing what like, I was doing and telling themselves not to care. Cause it was so hard. And then there's the people that said I would play for free. And I was like, okay have it <laughs> it was just hard to read though like yeah. it's hard to see like i know it's hard, I know it's how hard much... to see fans frustrated yeah. and you want you're obviously like yes we want baseball too and i think you just have to think of you know what the union was fighting for and staying strong on is for future players you yeah. know obviously you're in a different position than guys that just came up you know and you know you were on the phone and you know i heard your calls you were on the phone probably what, eight hours a day? And that's probably being <laughs> like on the conservative side. You were on the phone all the time. And, you know, I'd hear you bring up issues that was, you know, younger guys and younger guys. And, you know, the zero to three guy, you know, there were so many concerns that went well beyond guys that are already taken care of in the sport. So I do think that was important, but it's hard because I wanted to go on there and, you know, reply to people and try to explain things to people. And, you know, I don't even know half of it. So that was hard, but yeah. Everyone's just doing their best. That's what I yeah. tell myself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, one of the one of the hardest parts about it is, you know, you want to make sure that the young guy, like you said, the young guys in the in the union are represented and spoken for. And, you know, a lot of the guys that are heavily involved in the union and in the PA are older guys who are financially sound and financially stable and just want to make sure everything, every voice is kind of heard and every concern is heard and how you know every decision we make affects affects every player differently like you know so um it's it's easier for some guys just to say you know what you know we're done we don't want to we don't want to do this i i don't need to play this year i'm financially fine and it's like okay cool i'm glad you are but you know there's a lot of guys that mm -hmm. you know maybe just bought a house maybe just had a kid maybe just had their second kid um, and, and are counting on, you know, having some sort of income this year and it's, it's really going to hurt. But, um, you know, one of the things that we always take pride on, we, we vote and there's a lot of different opinions. There's a lot of people that think that, you know, maybe we should do things one way or the other, but at the end of the day, once, once the vote's done and the tallies are counted, 
um, as a union, you know, you accept that. And uh, we decided, uh, we took a vote and we decided that we were going to hold our ground and uh, I can respect that and, and get behind it. And I'll support, you know, the, the mass of players that uh, that's how they felt. That's how the vote went. And we're going to stick together no matter what. And that's kind of why the union, the, the MOBPA has been excess, as successful as it has been and mm-hmm. uh, been around for a long time. And some people consider it one of the, you know, most strongest, most powerful unions in the world um, because, you know, there are a lot of different opinions and there are a lot of arguments. And But at the end of the day, uh, you know, when that vote's counted, uh, you accept it and you move forward. Yeah. Love it. All right, let's get in. Your that home got, run. That got stretched out a little bit. That's okay. And it's heavy because obviously everyone, yeah, everyone's having struggles. And I just try to say everyone's struggles are all different, but they're all important. So obviously everyone's struggles look different. And so it's just, I try to always remind myself that, you know, what one person is going through may seem small, but yeah, obviously still important. That's my Dr. Phil moment for the day. Check that off. Your home run derby. It's not going to happen. I'm so mad. (laughs) it's so sad but there's something different so how are we going to settle these extra inning games no home run derby what are they doing oh they're just putting a guy on second base and then saying go it's (sighs) it's just so it'll be different it's different some minor league guys who have played with these rules have come out and said it's not actually as bad as it seems but it's just it's such an advantage to be the home team in an extra inning game. Like if you play an extra inning game and you, you're the home team, like you have the biggest advantage because the visiting team who's up first, you have to play for a big inning, right? You like, you can't just try to score one run because you know, That's the home true. team gets the last out and the guy, okay, we're going to take three shots at hitting a two run Homer. So on the road, you have to play for the big inning. And if you come up short and you don't score, then, you know, the home side is going to look probably like, um, guy on second, nobody out. Let's intentionally walk the first hitter. So it's first and second, set up a double play. Then they'll bunt him over, be second and third. One out and try to get Then it. we'll intentionally walk another guy, load the bases. Is there any rules on intentionally walking in this extra inning format? No, no rules. No yeah. rules. Just, you don't even have to throw the four pitches anymore either. You just kind of I mean, say, I like, watched uh, go to first. Countless games where a guy on base and extra innings doesn't pan out for a very long time. So, well, that's the other thing is like trying extra innings, you know, in this, in these times, um, with the shortened season, uh, playing a lot of extra innings is not going to be good for any team. So, uh, the other thing is it doesn't necessarily protect pitchers because, you know, it doesn't mean that any team's going to score just because there's a guy in second or, if the visiting team does score one run and the home team comes right back and scores one run, then we're still playing extra innings. So you just keep the throwing the guy out there, throwing the guy out there. You can still play 15, 16 innings, and that's going to be so tough. But, I mean, I get it. You don't, in a 60-game season, when all these games mean so much and there are, there's so much weight on one win or one loss, um, a home run derby might seem like it's not a great idea. Like, Oh really? You, <laughs> you just like won your division to get into the playoffs because of a home run derby. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I just, it just protects the pitchers. I think at the end of the day, you got to protect the pitchers yeah. and you got to limit their innings and their number of pitches. 
but they you did see what they did do. They did uh they did allow pit position players to come back and pitch at any time now. I don't know if you saw that. Get Russell Martin back. Sign Russ. Russ. Russ, if you're listening to the podcast. Zero ERA career. We need you. So not, not because of your pitching skill. We we love you for everything, but Yeah. So obviously everyone remembers twenty eighteen for that very calm and gentle game 163 that the Dodgers had to play to, I guess, decide the division or if you were playing the wild card game in an even shorter season of 60 games, do you think there's going to be a lot of division ties? I think it's going to be insanely chaotic at the end of this season. I think there could be 10, 11 teams you know, playing for those seven spots. There could be three or four teams tied and yeah. have like two or three or four play-in games just to get to the wild card. And then, you know, the commissioner clearly stated how important it was that the regular season was over on the 27th, but all these teams are going to be in a gridlock and we're going to have to have playoff yeah. games on playoff games on playoff games to get to the playoff games. And I don't think his... Precious little season's going to end on the 27th. I got news for you, Mr. Manfred. It's probably <laughs> not going to happen. There's going to be a logjam. Yeah. I mean, I've seen fans say, oh, my team's going to be eliminated within three weeks. And the, But I feel like the opposite could be true, or there could be a lot of very, very, very close races. I'm predicting it. I'm predicting there's going to be okay. several teams. Called it first. In it. Let's talk positives. Yes, please. <laughs> Let's get to the good stuff. You're getting a season. Yes. And I feel like for you guys, you have such depth on your team. A season with a DH. A season <laughs> with a DH. That's true. Can't forget that. I just feel like you guys have insane depth, and I feel like that's a massive advantage in such a short season. Massive. I mean, it's an advantage for us in a regular season because we use our 40-man roster and then and then some um, probably – better than any other team in baseball. And uh, so in this 60-game season, um, where I think the first two weeks we start with the 30-man roster and then the – or no, is it two weeks? Yeah, first two weeks, yes. the 30-man roster. Second two weeks, it goes to 28. And then the rest of the season, the playoffs, it goes back to 26. I love um, that you're asking me. And I did know. <laughs> you did know. Um, <laughs> but anyways, like our, our depth and our flexibility – is ideal for this. And um, I think Andrew did a couple interviews earlier today and, and was talking about us being kind of built for this. And um, we do have a lot of guys. We have a lot of talent. Um, we have a lot of options. And I think, you know, if anyone's set up well for this, um, you know, as long as we stay healthy and, and um, stay on the field, then I think we have a great shot. I agree. Can't wait. And talked about this because on April Fool's Day, ironically, the Dodgers announced their TV deal. So oh, yeah. everyone gets to watch the games. Our game's going to be on every network anyways. Or like, how is this going to work? Because there's no more blackouts, obviously, like the Spectrum side. Like that network's obviously. I don't know how the RSNs, when you hear everyone say RSN, that's like, regional sports network and mm. every team kind of has their own RSN. Ours is obviously 
um, Spectrum and um, Sportsnet LA. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the good news is, since obviously there's not going to be able to have fans, at least for the beginning of the year, possibly the whole year, um, is, you know, this these restrictions for our TV viewers have been lifted and um, whether or not you have direct TV or AT&T or UVerse or whatever your provider is, you'll be able to watch the Dodgers play. So that's, that's good news. That'll be great. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to be watching, probably posted up on the couch, but as long as I'm watching, I'm good. I wonder what, the so, like the socially distanced Dodger watch parties are going to look like. Have you seen uh, people floating around ideas on Twitter about the drive-in I Dodger games? I love that idea. That would be, I mean, it would be hard to, <laughs> it'd be hard to like control. Like, can you imagine like belly hitting a, a walk-off homer I know, and then everyone getting out of their car and like yeah. jumping up and down and celebrating like how do you like i think no, if they space distance. the cars i know drive-ins are making a huge comeback right now and actually my hometown drive-in the 49er drive-in shout out is actually still up and running from back in the day and i've looked at a lot of their protocol and it's you know the distance between the cars and all that but i think that would be so cool even if you're you know, obviously in the tailgate or, I mean, my dad used to like pop us on the top of our van to watch. And so we'd have like a blanket out and we'd be sitting on top and all that. But I feel like, yeah, even if everyone's just celebrating apart, I feel like that would be such a cool thing. You just have to make sure no one lingers around the tailgate kind of, and everyone can keep their distance. I feel like we should invest in projectors. Yes, I'm going to look that up on my Robin Hood app and maybe buy some stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Court's all over this Robin Hood app. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Another day, I will talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. My $4 in stock. (laughs) (laughs) She's becoming a broker. She she likes Ross Stripling so much, she's like getting into stock stuff now. I do. I just, yeah, I'm a gambler. Well, with the 60-game season, it's just so much more condensed. It's obvious. I mean, I feel like you guys, I mean, your goal is always to win a series. I feel like you always say that, just win the series. This is a little different. You lose, I mean, you get swept in a series and you're not feeling great this year. So, I mean, it is like, this is a sprint, not a marathon. We got to flip it. Flip the mindset. Yeah, it it is in... in I think you have to look at it differently, but the same. So one of the things that our Dodger teams over the past years have been so good at is coming in and trying to win one game at a time. And, you know, that mindset in a long season, I think gives you the best chance um, at winning your division. And now we're flipping it and we're having a short season where every game is so magnified I think that that same kind of approach plays here like you have to put all your focus into one game at a time and showing up to the field prepared and knowing what you're gonna do that night um, whether you're starting or coming off the bench or coming out of the bullpen whatever your role is know what you got to do to be prepared to do whatever it takes for us to win that game that night and then Whatever happens, happens. Hopefully it's a W. And then your head hits the pillow and you reset and you do it all over again. Turn the, next the page. Day. Yep. And it, everything goes back to zeros. 
And the next day you do everything in your power to win that game. And you just try to win literally one game at a time. And you can even go even smaller than that and, and, you know, try to win one inning at a time or one pitch at a time. If you want to figure out a way to lengthen out this season, like let's see how many innings we can win. Um, but this is all stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about when we get back and we get going and yeah. uh, doc addresses the team. I know he's already kind of talked about it. Um, I heard him earlier today on Petros and money talking about, you know, that focus, that one game at a time focus. So I'm sure he'll, He'll bring it up to the team, but... Um, like, do you want to get hot right away, or you want to stay steady? I think you need to be hot Just <laughs> the whole keep time. it hot. Just Steaming. Hansel. Hansel's so hot right now. The whole year. Zoolander. You I know, love it. Just get it. Well, it's going to be hot, because we're about to hit the... It's going to be hot. Dead of summer, so That's I love okay. it. I, I think I'm a much better player when it's hot. Ooh. Yeah, so... Wow. Well, you missed your April. We already talked about that. I did. So. I did. And... Let's talk about one other positive. Let's do it. Keep Dodger it fans. Let's let's fire the Dodger fans up. Yes. They've been waiting for this. Yes. Mookie Betts is going to get to play a game in a Dodger uniform. I think so. I think. Knox Kelly is pumped. Yeah. For well, starters. Knox Kelly's got some decisions to make because I'm going <laughs> to grill that kid and we're going to find out whether. Where his loyalty lies I'm now. his favorite player or Mookie's his favorite player because. He has definitely hit a crossroads now that we're on the same team. <laughs> and that'll be my first question when I see him. I love that. I don't think he thought, I don't think he knew this was coming. He had no idea two worlds he were going to collide like this. his loyalty <laughs> right when they came here. I love it. But yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's an exciting time for Dodger fans to get to see Mookie and, and, and David Price in a Dodger uniform and, um, you know, go out there and showcase their talent, albeit, you know, a short season. But uh I'd be lying if I said that, you know, there wasn't a few times where I was like, oh man, we might not have a season. Mookie might not ever play a game in a Dodger uniform. I mean, that might, you might have never returned as a Dodger. Well, you might have played your last game as a Dodger. I, yeah, I know yeah. we're in the positive column on this Stop it. discussion, Stop but it. I mean, I am a realist. Bad. <laughs> Let's keep it positive over here. Okay. I, you told me you were going to be glass half full. I am. Okay. But I'm a realist. Your glass is still half full. Literally. Okay. Any there. predictions for your teammates? Any predictions? Yes. I have one prediction. Just one. Just okay, one. no Stradamus here. Just one. <laughs> and it's that oh man, maybe I shouldn't do this. I don't want to like Yeah, let's him. just keep it. We'll hold off. I'm going to I have write it written it down. down. I have it oh, written down. Oh, you already wrote it down. Okay. I have it we'll, written down. I'm going to tuck it in my back pocket and we'll pull this I don't want to jinx him, but I think don't there's one it. guy. I think there's one guy on our team that's going to have a monster year. Um, I, I don't want to call it a breakout year because he's already had great years. Does his but name rhyme with Yustin Murner? <sighs> yeah. How'd you know? <laughs> Could I, you imagine? You I wrote, wrote my own name. I'm going to have like, a monster. I'm going to have a monster year. I'm just going to tear it up. <laughs> I want you to have that mindset. You got to keep it positive. I'm just, I'm just going to try to keep it nice and steady. You know, I'm going to try to try to do what I got to do to support the boys. I if love that's it. Get on base. I'll get on base and let belly drive me in. If that's move oh, a guy wow. over, Move a guy over, you know, just... I know, you're a team player, baby. Small ball. Hey, aim small. Wait, aim small, miss... No, what am I trying to say? Aim low, shoot high. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. I think it's like me where I just... I set my standards low, and then if I do something, it's like I'm a big overachiever. Yeah, I think it, I think Is I was trying to say, trying like, to say? set a small goal and then let, like, big things happen instead of, like, yeah. trying to set a big goal and then being disappointed. 
Well, I mean, I hope you're setting a big goal. Well, there's always one big goal when you're in this organization, and that's to win a World Series. And that's that's the goal every single year. But there's a lot of little things that have to happen uh, to make that happen. I think we were pretty well aware of that. I love it. All right. Well, until the baseball season is here, you can keep yourself busy. How we've been keeping ourselves busy. Well, we've been very busy. Obviously, our bike rides, our daily walks, our cooking, our organizing, your training, my training for nothing. <laughs> We've been watching some other shows. We watched the ESPN. They did a 30 for 30, Long Gone Summer. It was the home run race. Big Mac. Big Mac, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa. We got to talk about that. We will. We'll let yeah. I think people watched it. I imagine they watched it. It was pretty big. So they were chasing, obviously, Roger Maris's home run record, 61. I remember this vividly. I don't know. Are we going to talk about it eventually? No, we'll talk about it on a future show. But, like, that's another guy. You grow up watching, you know, Mark McGuire, and he doesn't even seem like a real person. And then now he's my hitting coach with the Dodgers. And you're just yeah. around him every day. And, you know, that's and one thing. He's on Dodger Talk every week with Big Mac Mondays with Vassay. I know. One thing that I regret is, you know, you're around him every day and you kind of just like, you didn't, you know, out now that I watched this 30 for 30 and it all like brought it back, like I didn't soak it in enough, like being around Big Mac. Like I wish I would have soaked it in more. Let's give him a call and just see what he's up to. Not right now. Yeah. That would be funny. Future though. episode. No, just to like catch, catch up. But Yo, that would you be want great to show? have him on. Yeah. But He'd I mean, come on. Maybe you could just call him and just soak him in like okay. a sponge. I regret it, though. Okay. Another series. We're actually right in the middle of it on Netflix, Lennox Hill. It's a Oof. documentary series. Follows the lives of four medical professionals uh, at this hospital in New York. It wasn't too far from where you lived when we were in New York. Their neurosurgery, emergency medicine, and gynecology. It actually has... I don't know if you guys are Rotten Tomatoes people. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, which is very rare in the splat world of Rotten Tomatoes. I highly recommend you watch it, but I also warn you to not be eating dinner while you watch it. Yeah. Like eat your meal first and then watch it because it is like in oh, yeah. ER rooms and there's... Yeah. It's good. It's juicy. I'll add the trigger warning. There's definitely surgery there's definitely very emotional cases that uh these doctors are are going through and the patients are going through in their family so it's definitely i mean there's some feel good but it's heavy but it's good, good. so yeah it's i'll good. add the warning just good. so it's i know people probably assume that i'm just watching all these lighthearted things and game shows aplenty but this one's a heavy so i will warn you it's but no it's no housewives no it's no housewives no wheel of fortune but it is good and that's where we'll end it this week so excited baseball's wow. back and yes. we will be back next week with another episode are we gonna do a weekly jingle now Maybe. We'll see. Ooh, Give us the feedback jingle. and remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Only, it's weird they only accept five-star ratings if you try to click anything less. It doesn't take it. So make sure you're clicking the five-star and typing out a review. You know we, now they're going to try to click four stars. No, nope, there's one three-star and I'm going to figure out who you are eventually, but I see you and I don't like it. So <laughs> hit me with the five stars. We're going to start reading some reviews on here. 
And Ooh, I think keep them juicy. Keep them juicy. Yeah, keep them fun. All right. Thanks, guys. See we'll ya. Talk to you next week. Boom. Bum 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 b